the following is a presentation of KSL Sports. First and 12. A total roundup of this weekend's BYU football and the new look Big 12 Conference. First and 12 is sponsored by Macy's Grocery Store. Your hosts are Mitch Harper and Alex Keery on KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone. Happy Sunday, everyone. Hope you're having a fantastic weekend. Mitch Harper coming to you from Stillwater, Oklahoma. Alex Keery holding it down in Salt Lake City. It was a wild week in Big 12 football. And I got to say, Stillwater was one of my favorite towns in mm. the Big 12 travels this year. I, I kind of hold a, a soft spot for, for Morgantown. I thought that was a kind of a unique place. But Stillwater, man, the, the, the passion out here for, for Oklahoma State, they're just kind of like a chip-on-the-shoulder mentality with this program because Oklahoma just absorbs all probably the oxygen in this state <laughs> when it comes to college football. But Oklahoma State, they, they've got a loyal following out here, and it's been kind of fun to just see all the the signage, all the, the branding around these businesses centered around Oklahoma State, and of course, as we talked about, Eskimo Joe's is elite. It's legit. <laughs> elite. So it's I, elite fries. I, I love it, man. I was <laughs> I was ready to get another plate. Like I was ready. I, it was it was awesome. So it was it's been a lot of fun being a couple out here days after a couple days after Thanksgiving. You embarrass yourself again. <laughs> Just like keep it going. Uh, no, but I was okay. Everyone's everyone's glad you had a fun time in Stillwater and in Morgantown. But what's the worst place you went to this year? I mean, let's get honest here, dude. Mm. The worst place? I'm going to say Austin. I really was unimpressed with Austin. I just maybe it's because I had such a maybe high standard. I thought in my head of oh Texas is just going to feel so rich and glamorous, and the stadium's <laughs> just going to be so fancy. Maybe just yeah. thoughts I had in my head that I just kind of expected because when you hear Texas, you always just think big, glitzy, glamorous, money flowing mm. everywhere, and there were like all these fifty cables dangling in the press box i mean go watch hans olsen's instagram video it's insane the, the amount of is. wires that are just yeah, dangling yeah. everywhere inside that press box uh, it's yeah I, that then that's just deep in the weed stuff for just media dorks to to enjoy that sort of stuff but i did thought they still do the was uh, underwhelming too did they still do the canes for uh for the for the after game meal though for uh, for texas so they did they did the, they didn't do oh, an really? after game meal no uh, you know what they they are getting uh, it's the Portland of the South for a reason. All right, it's a little trashy. All right, it's my birth city, but I don't try to claim it very often. All right, all right, let's kick things off here. Let's jump in one of our favorite segments of the entire season of First and Twelve. Uh, we have things kind of set here. It's our Big Twelve Power Rankings. Let's jump in right here. The Big Twelve Power Rankings Big Board, a weekly rank of all twelve programs from the elite to the bottom dwellers. Number one, pretty self-explanatory. For the Big 12 Power Rankings this week, it's the Texas Longhorns, 11 and 1 on the season. They lived up to it, Alex. They were, they almost went unscathed throughout the season. Their lone setback was to rival Oklahoma. The Longhorns truly are back, I think. <laughs> well, according to Sark, they are, but you know they still have a little bit of uh, meat on that bone. They got to win the Big 12 Championship game because they said that this year would be a failure if they don't win the Big 12 Championship game, not get to it. Uh, they're going to go to Arlington, and the number two team in our power rankings is going to be there with them. The Oklahoma State Cowboys with the win over BYU in double overtime sent them to Arlington for that Big 12 championship game. Good for them. We had them at the bottom at one point of the of these rankings, uh, and that was pretty hard to do. 
was usually between Baylor, Cincinnati, those types of teams. But Oklahoma State, at the beginning of the year, after they had lost to USA, they found themselves at the very bottom of our power rankings. Congrats, they're at number two to end things out here, at least for the regular season. Number three, the Oklahoma Sooners. Good year for Oklahoma bouncing back from the 6-7 and seven campaign a season ago, but still not quite good enough to get back to the Big 12 title game, which is what Oklahoma expects. And, yeah. you know, year two of Brett Venables, there was progress, but I think still there's a feeling of this defense should be a lot farther along than where they're at, giving up 45 over the weekend. Not the greatest look to end the regular season. No, and Oklahoma, in a year that you beat Texas in the Red River rivalry, like you better make that a special season. And to totally just uh, not even make it back to the Big 12 championship game, that's uh, that's a bummer. I mean, Oklahoma had everything in front of them, and they end up losing three games, and Texas loses that one game to them. Uh, and, man, it's just it, it was a weird season for the Sooners. But, yeah, a better season certainly than last year. But the standard at Oklahoma is to just at, at the very least – be right there with Texas, and you certainly don't want to be uh, – you don't want to lose Bedlam, which they did, and you don't want to be behind Oklahoma State and not give it the Big 12 championship game. Iowa State, uh, congrats to the Cyclones. Matt Campbell just did an amazing job this year of being able to get his guys dialed up for the season, and uh, I was I was impressed by what the Cyclones did. They, they ended 7-5, and five, but they had a better league record than uh, almost everybody else uh, except for those top three. And so Iowa State, I thought that they are – they're, and they're trending up, too. That's the other thing about them. We put them at four because I think they're trending up. And even though they're 7-5 and five team, they are really, really tough. Uh, what did uh, – my goodness, I was looking at this earlier. I don't know what what ended up being the final kind of rush totals for uh, uh, for uh, Amin Sam, uh, uh, Sama, Abu Sama. 276. You said these running backs were elite, man. 276 yards for Abu Sama. Uh, including 270 yarders on the game. But, man, 276 yards on a day on 16 carries. Not bad uh, for that guy. But, yeah, they're number four in our in our rankings right now, and I think they deserve it. Definitely. Number five, West Virginia. And then number six, Kansas State, the defending Big 12 champs. Different feel of eight and four seasons for both these teams. West Virginia, I think, has got to be pretty happy. Kansas State, coming off a Big 12 championship here, feels like a little bit of a step back, but still – I think K-State's a, a very good football team. They just had a tough schedule. They did, and, you know, they should have won that game against Texas. Um, uh, that comeback was was short. But, um, yeah, West Virginia, like you said, tale of two different 8-4 uh, and four teams. The Mountaineers overperforming Kansas State. A bit of a bummer for them because I think people had them in that Big 12 championship game again maybe this year. Uh, another one that's a little bit of a bummer, but they're number seven in the rankings, which is higher than what they ended up or what we had them in the preseason, is the Kansas Jayhawks. Another or an eight-win season, first one since 2008 for Lance Leipold and his guys. Uh, I really liked what uh, what the Jayhawks did this year. They have a lot to build on too for the future. I kind of get the sense too that how Leipold his you know contract extension sounds like there's. It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Kyle Whittingham where. There's these clauses in place where they have to build these these renovations or these improvements to their facilities or else he moves on. I mean, I, I just think that he's bought into Kansas. I don't think he's a little bit older coach. I think Lance Leipold's here to stay for Kansas, and that might be a reason to, to bump him a little bit higher if he does stay. But on the field product, there was kind of some highs and lows in an injury-plagued season for the Jayhawks. Number eight, Texas Tech, far below preseason expectations. They were yeah. the trendy preseason top 25 team around the Big 12. They they rounded into form where they had a 6-6 six and six season, but still the, the gap between them and number one, 
50 points, very sizable between them and Texas. And that was a step-back year for Joey McGuire. They do go to the postseason, though, which at least they got that. Yeah, and, you know, um, I like Joey McGuire a lot. And so, you know, I, I want him to be there, and I want him to succeed because I think he's a good dude, and I, I, I like him as, a, as one of those head coaches in the Big 12 going forward. UCF, number nine, they're the only – team as we mentioned last hour of the newcomers who are going to end up in that in a bowl game in the postseason here and uh, I wouldn't say overperforming because I think we all Mitch had them UCF as the top of the newcomers and they certainly still perform that way and they had some bright spots and some really ugly moments this year but uh, UCF number nine in the uh, in the power rankings here at the final one of the regular season number 10 TCU could you imagine a double digit ranking for the torn frogs at the end of this thing I mean, I don't think we all assumed they were going to be going anywhere except for, I mean, Pat, they weren't going to go to the Big 12 championship game maybe even, but we had them kind of right there in that top four. It's like you're in the national championship last year. You have to do a lot to get out of there, and they ended up, uh, of course, not even making a bowl this year, which is a bad company to be in because there were not very good teams who made Nine teams in the conference did. TCU did not. That's not a good place to be for uh, the Horned Frogs. Shocking turn of events, I thought, for TCU because with you, like sure. you, I, I thought they were going to be a top. And Sonny Dykes, 11, I like him. He's a good coach. I, I hope he does well again. But, man, that's a that's an ominous uh, second year for him. Number 11, the BYU Cougars. I think we give them a little bit of benefit to what they did the past two weeks, exceeding some low expectations. And also the, the bottom of this league is pretty bad. And, you know, they, they beat a team in the bottom. So I, I'll get, we'll go with BYU at 11. Look, this doesn't feel anything spectacular for BYU. I think a lot of Cougar fans coming out of this season feel like there was more to be had. They should have got to a bowl game. But hey, it's just a, a reminder of Power 5 football takes time. You don't just step into this league. And yeah. it's, it's interesting, too, Alex. Remember when these four teams were added two years ago? I think the feeling, the narrative was in, in, in 2021 was these four teams might step in and be the top teams from the get-go. Because that yeah. was before Baylor emerged and Oklahoma State and then TCU had their run and K-State. It was just feeling like Texas and Oklahoma run the league. These newcomers are just going to step in and run the roost. Not so fast at all. Like That just hasn't been the case far from it. Yeah, uh, Houston, number 12, Cincinnati, 13, and bad Baylor. Now, you said it, too, I, uh, at number 14. Baylor ends up at 14 on the bottom of the, uh, the barrel there. But you said it, I mean, and I said it last hour, and I'll kind of stand by it. BYU is in that category of bad teams this year in the Big 12. I mean, they yes. were a 2-7 and seven team in their first year in the Big 12. I mean, that is that is crazy. And though they're Power 5 teams they played this year, uh, they had a rough schedule. I mean, obviously, playing Power 5 teams is not easy. And uh, they go 3-7 and seven against Power 5 teams this year. That is a crazy thought, right, to go, oh, they're going to go in there and they'll be a 5-win team seven, seven weeks into the season. Uh, and then they end up with only uh, only three Power Five wins out of the t- out of the ten Power Five games that they played this year. Especially right. considering two years ago they were six and one against Power right. Fives. That's a big right. step back in two years in the in the ramp up phase between knowing sure. you were going to go to the Big Twelve and then to now. That's a big step back for sure. Absolutely. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We have our sound roundup around the corner. Listen to Steve Sarkeesian talk about his Texas Longhorns and Mike Gundy, uh, what he thought about this game where his team showing some resilience and getting back and uh, coming back to beat BYU in double overtime. Stay right here. More to go. 
It is first and 12, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone and KSL News Radio every Sunday. So stay right here with us. More to go around the corner. Read all the stories about BYU sports no one else has heard. Go to KSLSports.com for exclusive columns by BYU insider Mitch Harper. That's KSLSports.com. Did you hear that, Mitch? They said your name. You're famous, man. Mitch Harper. Yeah. Read his byline right there at KSLSports.com. And, of course, you can hear me on JJ and Alex every afternoon on 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. We still have a lot to break down. Boy, this is going to be an interesting week. There's a lot to break down. There's going to be a lot still to ask in terms of questions that are going to be uh, for this BYU program. And, uh, I, you know, interesting to, interesting to see what's going to happen over the next few weeks with this program. And as BYU goes out and hits the road and starts recruiting and they don't have a bowl game to prep for, Mitch, it's going to be wild. It's going to be kind of a crazy time for them. By the way, First and 12 is always brought to you by Macy's. Macy's Grocery Store, the best in most fresh fruits and local farms, uh, bringing you all sorts of good stuff. Macy's, happy shopping. Macy's, proud sponsors of uh, our First and 12 uh, program this year, and we appreciate their support. Mitch, let's get into our uh, one of our favorite moments of the week. We get to hear some from uh, from a lot of people with southern accents, which makes our our show sound even more important when we talk about football. So let's get into it here. It's our sound roundup. Big 12 Sound Roundup. Check one, two. The best bites, cheap shots, and excuses from Saturday's post-game news conferences. Hey, this thing on? Turn me up. Turn me up. Let's go. Big 12 Sound Roundup. <laughs> Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian. He's getting turned up, maybe. Uh, no, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian enjoying, though, the win. As the Longhorns are going to the Big 12 championship game once again. Well, I mean, I think it's very gratifying. You know, we came here, you know, and I accepted this job. I didn't – and I've, I've told you guys this before, but I, but I think this is important. I, I, didn't, I didn't accept this job just to be a head coach again. You know, I, I felt like at that, that point in my career I knew I would be one again. But I took this job um, because I felt like we could be champions here and we could win championships – year after year and, and whatever that would look like, but at least put ourselves in position to do that. And obviously the, the road was, was, was hard and it was long. Um, that year, first year was very difficult. Last year we played some good football. We had some ups and downs, and we got into this night last year coming out beating Baylor, but we, we put our destiny in somebody else's hands, and, and it didn't happen. We didn't get into the Big 12 championship game last year because of our own doing earlier in the season. And this year, uh, this whole idea that, you know, we wanted to leave no doubt and, and we, wanted to, we wanted to control our own destiny. Um, and naturally, when, when we stubbed our toe early in October, I, I, I told you guys and I told the team, I mean, the first thing I put up every Monday morning for about the next week's game, this is a Big 12 championship game. And, and we had to go one week at a time. We couldn't, we couldn't afford to stub our toe again. We couldn't afford to stub our toe tonight. I mean, it, it took us all the way until the end and so now, I, as I told the team Monday morning when I put it up, this is a Big 12 championship, championship game. Now it actually is. Now we're, now we're finally here. And so um, to, to be 11-1 and one, uh, at a place, place like this, this is, this is kind of where I felt like we should be, you know. And I, I recognize at the University of Texas there's high expectations and there's a high standard um, of what excellence looks like. But – our internal expectations, my internal expectations are that and probably above. 
Um, and and that's, that's what we came here to do. And now we've put ourselves in position to go do it. And, and like I said, it, it feels great. It's wonderful. Um, but the work's not done. There's Sark. BYU fans can at least feel good about one uh, BYU quarterback getting it done this year. Uh, you were waiting on that joke all season, right? <laughs> so here we are with it. <laughs> so Sark and, uh, and the Longhorns going to go to the Big 12 championship game. Good for them. I love how he sounds so calm. In his, in his press conferences, I'm like, this guy will go after you. You better watch out. Uh, <laughs> speaking of guys that will go after you, and uh, he does not pull punches, Mike Gundy, head football coach for Oklahoma State, uh, what his team did to get that win over BYU, kind of some adversity, and then what they found out about themselves a little bit as a team yesterday. It's hard on ourselves to, to get, uh, get to where we want to go, but that was a uh, really good win for our team. Uh, very proud of him. I told him in the locker room that starting to sound like a bro- broken record now. Uh, after last week and then this this game is uh i think it's pretty pretty fair to say that the situation we were in and behind and they did a good job they 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 had a lot of different things uh they could put all their chips out no matter what their hand was you know they could have a poor hand to put them all out they they uh they did the right thing they were try to win at all costs makes it difficult we were concerned about that we talked about them having several uh, different fakes and things and special teams. Um, and we were right. We just didn't uh, – we couldn't defend them the way we should have. But um, guys kept playing. Coaches did a great job of adjusting at halftime. Players grabbed the information, took it out there. Um, you know, it was uh, – that one wasn't an easy one to come back uh, when you have to throw a few passes. Uh, it's raining pretty good now out there, and we we're able to, to throw and catch. So I uh, told them I was proud of them. It was a good culture win for us. They're learning how to dig themselves out of a hole, not point fingers at each other. Coaches don't point fingers at each other. They absorb information on the sideline, make changes, take it back out on the field, and go play. That's Oklahoma State head coach Mike Gundy. I I, I got to say, Alex, I love his kind of – informal style where he's just got a cup in the hand he'll walk away right. from the the mic and just start having a one-on-one conversation i love you know, how he almost Gundy's... forgets he almost forgets who he was playing too he goes yeah the team out there there's uh what were they they were blue right anyway they played a pretty good game but uh we didn't really pay attention to that we were doing our own thing out there and you know what like he man this raspy voice though really does let me get into my mike gundy a little it bit it does I, it's a, I could I could do it all day. No, but that's a guy who I, you know, we were sort of we sort of dissed on Mike Gundy at the beginning of the year, right? We were like, this guy's act is over, right? We were yeah. like, this guy, he's he's a, he is, he's this guy who won't embrace the portal. He's this guy who won't embrace NIL. He acts like uh, he's better than college football. He acts like he's better than everybody else he's interviewing. He gave us the cold shoulder at Big Twelve Media Day, and I thought, what a total jerk this dude is. And, you know, in the end, he's got his own style, and he did exactly what Mike Gundy always does. He surprises people. He outcoaches people, and that's exactly what he did against BYU yesterday, and that's why they find themselves in the Big 12 championship game coming up uh, on the second. So, yeah, impressive. They've won a lot of games, Oklahoma State, that probably no one would have ever expected them to win. You think about the growth of that program since he took over in 2005, walking around the campus. This this town doesn't have much – Alex, but man, they've got some big money facilities on campus. You'd walk, you'd rock around the town and think, how does this place have this much money pumped into their facilities? It's it's pretty special. It's a byproduct of the belief that Mike Gundy instilled in that football program, and of course the the pockets of 
Boone Pickens, the late Boone Pickens. <laughs> but still, Mike Gundy got them to believe that they could win at a high level, and they're doing it once again after a season that was just looked to be down and out. They were once the 14th team in our Big 12 power rankings, for goodness sake. They proved us wrong, and now they're going to Arlington. This league, man, it's like what the, the people in the NBA say, this league, when they tweet out on X, <laughs> this league, man, that's the Big 12. There's no nights off in the Big 12. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, I mean, the Pac-12's had quite a year, right? But the Big 12 is competitive, man. I mean, uh it's like you can set your watch by a lot of the games in the SEC and in the Big Ten. You cannot do that with the Big 12. And so, you know, case in point, BYU almost beating Oklahoma and Oklahoma State over the past two weeks. And uh, they certainly had upsets across the, the, uh, the, the, the conference all season long. So, all right, let's jump in here. We'll take another break. We'll come back. Our program is always brought to you by Macy's. Happy shopping. We'll come back. We've got our four corners whip around. Yeah, the new teams that are adding to the conference. What a weird weekend for the University of Utah and Colorado. It's like, who wants to play this game? You? You? Not you? Well, okay. Well, we'll see how it goes. More to go around the corner. It's 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. It's KSL News Radio. And it's first and 12. Join us. The Four Corners. Whip around. Whip around. Whip around. We check on future Big 12 opponents and rivals from the Four Corners. Welcome back into first and 12. It's time to take a look around the Four Corners. The upcoming... Big 12 members joining in 2024. We've been keeping a pulse all football season of what these teams have been up to. And first and 12 is brought to you by Macy's Grocery Store. Macy's, get the freshest fruits and vegetables from local farms and your favorite local brands. Macy's Happy Shopping. We saw two games between these four corner teams. They were rivalry games. I guess Utah, Colorado, is that still a rivalry going yeah, into the Big 12? The, it, Who knows? Look, I've always told you, I mean, no one really embraced it, but I tried to make it the Rocky Mountain Oyster Cup, and nobody did it. So, <laughs> That's I mean, look, right, the Rocky Mountain they, Oyster. The Rocky Mountain Oyster Cup, and I'll tell you right, I'll tell you what, uh, it will never be a rivalry game ever again. Uh, Colorado's, like, looking around going, who wants to be our rival? And like, Texas, Texas, I guess we will. I don't know. Whatever you want, man, when they get into the Big 12. I will tell you, though, that Colorado-Utah game, um, I've never Utes seen win a team. 23-17, by the way. Yeah. The Utes get I, it done. They get it done, 23-17. I've never seen a team, Utah, I've never seen a team this beaten down by injuries. I, I know we say that in the injury bug and blah, blah, blah. It is crazy, Mitch, the amount of people that they've been out. And then to have the flu bug hit them this week, Cal Whittingham talked about it. I got a text earlier this week from a person that I know that's pretty close to the program, and he goes, dude, I think you might see fifth-string quarterback Luke Batari this week. And I went, I'm ignoring this guy the rest of the, the, rest of the time because I'm not going to fall for any of this crap. And this was like on a Wednesday. This was on Wednesday, dude. They're like, yeah, Luke Batari's probably going to start. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to unfollow this cat. Like, I'm all, hey, lose my phone number. And I was like, no, I'm not. And he's like, dude, I'm telling you. And I was like, I'm not going to say that on the air, right? And then by the yeah. time Thursday or by the time Friday rolled around, we were just all going with the uh, with the reports. Not just that. They even said Bryson Barnes is not going to play, uh, Luke Batari, and then that Nate Johnson has likely left the program. Now, I think I don't think he's quit the program like people were saying. Uh, I think that he also got sick this week because, but he did. He ghosted us on our weekly uh, uh, get together we usually have with him, and he did not. He didn't show up for it, and. Uh, we were bummed about it, but uh, maybe he'll come on this week uh, before he totally goes out of town. I can't imagine uh, that he's going to be – I mean, he's going to hit the portal, right? I mean, that, those sure. are the reports. 
So you're going through all those things, plus I think it was 11 guys that are now out for the season injury-wise. That's crazy. That is a weird thing to put up with. And so I think 8-4 and four and beating Colorado is about as good of an ending as a season you could get with Kyle Whittingham, even if it was a dog of a game to watch. It's like Kyle Whittingham knew – I can put a fifth-string quarterback out there. He'll run for a couple touchdowns. He'll be the poor man's, poor man's Cam Rising with that long hair. He'll run in a couple times, a couple scores for himself, and Luke Patari gets a career win after his first career start, so good for him. That's a memory to have for the rest of your life, man. Colorado closes the season out on a six-game skid. Uh, Shador Sanders did not play. Ryan Stubb. uh, He was the quarterback for the Buffs. This Colorado team, they made progress this year as a program, but – Far cry from the three and one start that they had, and you know the the talk of the nation. Uh, there's there's a lot of work to be done. I'm very curious to see how big of a flip, you know, Dion Coach Prime tries to take on once again with this roster. Does he maintain anyone, uh, or is he just going to flip it and overhaul it again? I'm very curious to see yeah. how Colorado operates this offseason because he's, he can't he's just... not going to have a choice. He's not going to have a choice, right? I mean, you're going to have a bunch of dudes leave again. That's what's going to happen. I feel like Their that's culture what's going to be. Garbage. That culture is terrible. And, and you know what? He he brought in some flash, and it lasted about two seconds. But you know, it'll be it'll be crazy to see if they can try to turn something back around again. What's wild is you. I think you're going to see a million people hit the transfer portal for BYU as well, and they're going to have to really build a team the way they probably don't want to, which is out of a lot of a lot more transfer portal guys than they probably were planning on. I, I agree, and I think that you know BYU is going to be in a spot where they ideally would like to have some roster retention, but at the same time, you got to get results, and, and that's what kind of being in a conference like the Big 12, you see your glaring weaknesses, and you can have a chance to address them potentially in the portal. A team that's trending up and had an outside shot to get to the Pac-12 title game if yeah. you know Washington State would have taken down Washington, that's Arizona. Man, what a strong finish by Jed Fish. In this program, they take down Arizona State in the ter- Territorial Cup, fifty-nine to twenty-three. Wildcats finish the season eight and four. What a year for Jed Fish! Two years ago, Alex, this was a program when they faced BYU in Vegas. They were just coming off a winless season. They were rock bottom in college football. This is an incredible t- turn of events for the Wildcats. My favorite, my favorite thing. So you saw? Did you see Noah Fafita's numbers on this game? Oh, Arizona huge. record. Arizona record. Thirty for forty-one on the day. 527 yards passing, five touchdowns through the air. My favorite thing is when people go, can't Kalani get the get the Polynesian pipeline going and get Noah Fafita up here to Provo? I'm like, you guys are insane. You guys are insane. It's not going to happen. It's not going to be a part of your world. Please, please forget about it. Uh, but I will tell you, people look at that kind of stuff and they go, but, but there is, there's that part, there's that jealous part of you that goes, how do they bring a freshman in? Who was the backup? And he throws for 527 yards. And he and basically he's going to be by the end of it, maybe one of the better quarterbacks in the history of Arizona. I mean, really, that's what you're oh, going to yeah. see. And and you're going to see this Arizona team next year fighting for a chance to be in that Big 12 championship game, their first year in the conference. Uh, off the top of my head, I mean, you think Arizona quarterbacks? Well, you got Ortiz Jenkins that flip at Montlake. You got <laughs> uh, you've got Willie Tuitama. Willie Tuitama. <laughs> oh my goodness! And they had obviously Nick Foles, but yes, I mean. Noah Fafita's a freshman, and that dude, his first real action was against Washington, and we thought in the moment, what the heck's wrong with Washington? They're barely beating Arizona? No, like Noah Fafita was a stud, and they almost took down USC. They should have done that, but 
Noah Fafita's almost got 2,000 yards in basically eight games. He's been just brilliant. And you look at the best Big 12 quarterbacks for 2024, I might put him at the top. Knee-jerk reaction here in the moment. I might have him at a minimum, like no lower than three. I don't think Bro. of many quarterbacks in this league that are better than him. I, may, I might put no, him at no. number one next to – and Cam Rising's up there too. Bro, you forgot all-time Arizona great uh, Khalil Tate. So I think you should apologize oh, to yeah. the audience. Oh, yeah, SI cover. <laughs> SI cover Khalil Tate. Talk about, a, talk about a flop, dude. My heavens. All right. Uh, there's your four corners whip around. Man, See, Arizona fans, one. we know your program. Ortiz Jenkins, Mont Lake <laughs> Flip. We know it. We're oh, ready. We're in gosh. midseason form, baby. Give me some Khalil Tate. Hey, is uh, did Jetfish did Jetfish retain Kevin Sumlin? Is he still around? Get that guy coaching again. My <laughs> heavens. That's right. Think about how bad that program was even just three or four years ago, and here they are now. We'll come back. When we return, we've got ourselves a little bit. We, have, we usually have a look ahead on the schedule for the Big 12. The look ahead is this Big 12 championship game. Texas, Oklahoma State will have a early, early, early look at what this one can uh, add up to be between the Cowboys and the Longhorns. Stay right here with us. It is first and twelve right here on KSL News Radio every Sunday, and also on KSL or on uh, the KSL Sports Zone ninety seven five the KSL Sports. And we'll come back, Mitch Harper, Alex Curie, back right around the corner. Stay with us. Today's just the start of a Big Twelve and Power Five talk to come. Listen to JJ and Alex Monday on your drive home afternoons from three to six on ninety seven five the KSL Sports Zone. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting week on the KSL Sports Zone. You want to stay tuned to all the uh, all the talk all day long across the station. JJ and Alex, of course, in the afternoon, where Jeremiah Jensen and I break all these things down. Uh, we get together, Mitch, uh, JJ and I, after a long weekend of, of sports, and we don't talk about anything until that very moment that the mics crack on Monday. We'll kind of get through and sort of, sort of go. Let's go this direction. Let's go this direction. But it's going to be pure reaction uh, tomorrow on uh, JJ and Alex, so it's going to be fun. And then to be able to tune into Cougar Nation right after our show on KSL News Radio to hear you and Matt uh, take those, those what I'm assuming is going to be a tearful phone calls from uh, BYU fans after the season ender, 40-34 to 34 in, over, in double overtime. If you would have said that's going to be your overtime game is down in, uh, in Stillwater this year, a double overtime thriller, I would have said no way, but uh, here we are. So BYU, what they're looking at the rest of this year, before we get into what – uh, be what you can expect going into the offseason, Mitch. Let's jump in first and talk about our game of the week, which is, of course, the Big 12 championship game. We're, we're here. Can you believe standing at Jerry World on the field felt like 10 minutes ago, right, during Big 12 media right. day? I mean, can you believe? I, we say this every year. It's insane to think how quickly the, the season can go by. But literally, we were talking about this season and breaking down the preseason, and that was still – you know that was middle of the summer, right? I mean, that wasn't even that wasn't even that close to uh, to the football season itself, and yet uh, here we are, the Big Twelve Championship game featuring the Oklahoma State Cowboys and the Texas Longhorns. Uh, it's not a shock that those two teams could be in the in the championship game, but these are two teams who have very very different trajectories this year. You had Texas, who was like all or nothing this year, and then you had Oklahoma State, who had such a bad start that people wrote them off. Uh, and I don't know what to expect in this game. Quinn Ewers, I don't know how healthy he is, but he looked really, really good against Texas Tech in that 57-7 win uh, on Friday. Uh, but Oklahoma State, don't count them out. They do not have a quarterback. That's the only problem is that they do not have a quarterback. They have Ollie Gordon, 
and uh, that's their offense. But uh, I'm worried a little bit about everything else that, that is Oklahoma State. But they show up big for these games. They did it against Oklahoma, and they beat them in the Bedlam uh, game. I don't know what to think about this championship game, though. Who do you think has the edge in this one? I think Texas has the slight edge, but I got to say, I think that the the Big Twelve has got to be excited to have this matchup because what a what a boom for the new Big Twelve it could be if Oklahoma State sends Texas with an L. Uh, I, I think that would just be kind of like Oklahoma State's playing on behalf of the legacy eight, where it's like all those programs, and then you know the newcomers to a lesser degree, but. This is kind of a a moment to send out Texas with a loss. But I, I do think Texas has got the edge here. And, man, I am so fascinated to see Texas's defensive line and their defense, third nationally in rush defense through uh, games completed through Saturday, going up against Ollie Gordon. That is going to be just must-see because – uh, you know, I think Oklahoma State, they've got, they come into this game with nothing to lose. No one expected them to be in this spot. There's really no pressure on them. They're, they're sure. not going to be a New Year's Six at-large team. So if you lose, you know, it's a bummer, sure, because you want to get that title. But there is no pressure on the Cowboys. Whereas I think Texas, you know, they, they've historically been the team where they'll just have a, a, a dud of a performance. They haven't done that this year. Uh, I, I think that Texas will perform well, but... Man, I would not count out Ollie Gordon having a big game, and I think he'll have some success on the ground. I think it's going to come down to the the costly mistakes, you know, the takeaways. You know, Quinn Ewers against Oklahoma in the Red River, he had moments where he completes 20 of 22 pass attempts, but then he had like a five-pass stretch where he had two in the dirt, and then he had a pick, and he had mistakes galore. And that's where you just wonder. He'll give you those brief moments where he's going to make mistakes. And can Oklahoma State capitalize and seize that that brief window of momentum to capture that from Quinn Ewers? So I think it's going to be a heck of a game. Uh, you know, in the, the we're we're underselling the the main story. Nelly's going to be performing, baby. Ah, <laughs> Stopping on my Air Force One. Let's go. Let's go. I'm ready. Let's let's get. I'm going to the bandaid under my I, on my cheek I right know. now. I heard uh, I heard uh, Matt Biamonte was not a huge fan of this, and I was like, "What a oh, what yeah. a wet bl- what a wet blanket Matt is!" It, he's like, "Maybe it, it, in he's the in early 2000s. Tesla. He's in his Tesla. I yeah, know this new Bleak One Eighty Two is awesome. Yeah, like <laughs> give me a break, give me some Nelly, baby. Oh my goodness, I'm all my, over that. My kid, no goes, matter what my kid, I do, all I think, <laughs> all I think about, about is, is you. you. I'm telling you, Even my kid was like, my boo. My kid was like, I thought Nelly got shot. And I was like, he may have. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what his past has been like. kids are blurring Nelly with, with <laughs> Biggie Smalls. I don't I know. Who. It's crazy. Tupac. So, uh, by the way, so Jonathan Brooks, obviously the torn ACL, the running back uh, who replaced Bijan Robinson at Texas this year, huge loss for them. But Jaden Blue. Out of the blue, 10 carries, 121 yards the other night. Uh, Look, anybody who's at Texas, if you're running back on that depth chart, you're a four-star guy, you know, and you're an athlete. You know, you're probably the best player in the state of Texas or Oklahoma or Arkansas or Louisiana. So these guys are good. Um, I don't – the thing is, is that Oklahoma State, like you said, has nothing to lose. Quinn Ewers is very efficient. What he's not is throwing for 400 yards, but he will absolutely tear you apart. And he is, uh, you know, we were talking about the inaccuracies of, J- of Jake Retzlaff. Quinn Ewers is super accurate. Like, that guy has a yeah. really, really good arm. 
but he's also very accurate. He doesn't make a ton of mistakes, and the mistakes that he makes are usually few and far between, and they don't do as much to uh, to kill his team. I mean, they they absolutely blew up that Texas Tech on uh, on Friday, and it was just to show everybody else, like, hey, you know, that was cute. Conference play has been fun, but we got to get to the big game here, and they did. They ran for 302. They passed for 225, a very balanced attack, um, and they are they are a team to, that you don't want to mess with, but – Ollie Gordon is the best running back in the country, and we saw him yesterday, and we saw how good of a back he is against BYU, and uh, I think it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Texas is not really great at stopping the run uh, this year. They're middle of the pack when it comes to stopping the run in the Big 12, so we'll see how they do, uh, but I'm excited for this one, and it's nice, too, because they didn't face off against one another during the regular season. They didn't, right? Uh, and no, so they didn't. Right, and so this is this is nice because they haven't seen one another. There's not a rematch situation with this, and so it's going to be kind of a fresh look at both of these teams in the in the championship game. Fingers crossed, too, Alex. We get the 2024 Big 12 football schedule with the dates. Brett Yormark said to me back in October it was going to come out late November, early December, so fingers crossed there. So that's something to maybe look forward to uh, on that front. But then also in this game, the player of the game will get a WWE belt. So wow. it's going to be just a top-tier event uh, for the Big 12 championship game in Arlington. We can't wait. And as you teased it earlier this hour, we will have a full-season recap show next Sunday, and then we will also give out power rankings for what the 16-team Big 12 oh, yeah. stacks up next week. So there's we'll going to be a gonna on the be... season. Oh yeah, there's going to be some fighting between mommy and daddy next week about uh, about these rankings, man. We're gonna we're gonna get into it because I don't. I mean that we're gonna have some issues at the top. I think. Uh, yes. And really, you're gonna have to, and at the bottom too. <laughs> we're gonna be looking around, going, "Oh no, you're the worst. No, you're the worst." So, uh, and we'll see where, of course, where the teams locally here will stack up as well. So, been a fun year Mitch, though. It's been Alex. fun this year. We've had a lot. Yeah, of fun. absolutely. Absolutely, uh, and uh, kudos to Eric, our producer. This isn't the last one, of course, but uh, Eric always does a phenomenal job in getting this sh- uh, show ready every week, and uh, so we appreciate all the work that Eric Cabrera does there at KSL News Radio. Uh, so for Mitch and for Eric, I'm Alex. We'll be back again next week for another edition of First and Twelve. Don't miss Cougar Nation tomorrow night, six to seven on KSL News Radio. Don't miss JJ and Alex three to six on the KSL Sports Zone. Uh, so for those guys, I'm Alex. Like I said, we'll talk to you next time, everybody.